not all about money. It's about the people. Mm. And it's, it's about common courtesy. Welcome to Stay Paid and another episode in our series we're calling Real Estate Leaders. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Agri, and our guest today is Vanessa Saunders. Vanessa is the CEO, founder, and principal broker of Global Property Systems. With two master's degrees under her belt, Vanessa reinvented herself as a real estate agent in early 2002 after a tragic after the tragic event, excuse me, of 9/11 changed her life and career path. She quickly rose to the ranks as a top producer selling her first house in her first week as a wow. real estate agent, her second home only days later, and she's never looked back. Her cloud-based company has grown into three divisions over the past 10 years, residential, commercial, and relocation with a presence on three different continents. Vanessa, welcome to Stay Paid. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. So as you already said, I'm the founder, CEO, and principal bloker of Global Property Systems Real Estate. It's an independent company, and we've been in business now 10 years as of February, uh, last year, our Hudson Valley real residential real estate teams achieved $82 million in sales. Ooh, congrats. Our entire company grossed over $300 million worldwide, which includes our commercial global partners and international relocation sales, but not our cryptocurrency data deal. <laughs> I can't now. I can't wait to talk to you about and picking your brain a little bit on this blockchain and crypto. I have to point out because we learned this before we got in um, in the green room, as they say in the podcast green space, room. that you went back to school and, and went to MIT, graduated uh, first in executive school. Yeah, executive school and graduated first in your class. I did. Yes, in blockchain and, technology, innovation, and application. Yeah, how old were you when you did that? Well, I'm 67 now, and that was two years ago. So, so I'm telling you, so I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this and you're making any excuses for yourself, get over yourself because you can be top of your class at MIT. It doesn't matter what age you are. That is just amazing. So, you know, you, you shared with us kind of your company. Um, how long have you been doing it? Um, how long have you? I've been in business, in the business since uh, 2002. I used to work at the World Trade Centers Association where I had a sponsored um, board position and I was the executive vice president of global marketing and operations for the George B. Johnson Group. Nice. Awesome. That's what brought me to New York in the first place. And you guys did 300 million in volume last year as a company. As a company, and that's that's not just residential. That's our whole global business. Nice. That's, that's super impressive. Congrats on that. So I want to pick your brain about this idea of blockchain and crypto and where you think that the industry is going. Like, is that where the industry is going? You're, you, you said that you're the first cloud-based brokerage on the East Coast in the United States, correct? Yes, that was 10 years ago. So what led you to that direction and where do you think the industry is going from here? Well, I'd probably say that currently the real estate world has too many companies that are focusing on being the biggest. They're focused on being mega brokerages and many are going public um, and raising money through IPOs. These companies put the pressure on systemizing agent culture by making it a one-size-fits-all dynamic. And that's also known as agent-centric brokers. Mm. The goal being to attract successful agents, and smaller brokerages like mine, some of which have put together teams larger than our entire brokerage and mega teams. 
these teams then focus more on recruiting agents as they earn the cut from each other's members' earnings without the hassle, the associated costs, but most importantly, perhaps the accountability, which comes from being broker. Mm. So they've evolved into more of a recruitment machine of sorts. They grow so large that they, I believe, lose control. The problem is that it doesn't foster the culture or real individual growth. Plus, the business model allows for just one broker per state. Well, as a company's broker is the ultimate buck stops here person, in real estate brokerage, one state can't possibly, one broker per state can't possibly ensure that everybody is abiding, abiding by the rules, right? So the team leaders and in turn their agents are all losing focus of the most important factor in real estate, their clients. And instead of providing the personal touch, the building of relationships that ultimately leads to the trust and providing of knowledge and the industry, which ultimately leads to a successful sale, they appear more focused on recruitment rather than real estate. Mm. So the second point of this question is, what's happening other than that? Well, innovations in Web3, the metaverse, virtual real estate, including cryptocurrencies, NFTs, decentralized finance, are obviously going to have a huge impact on this industry. And while we may not understand it yet, and what our kids and their kids most certainly will. And everybody in this, in this industry really needs to understand that there's a train coming and we need to remain relevant and we need to familiarize ourselves with the changes faster than we had at the advent of the internet in this industry. Do you think, can I ask you, do you think that all transactions in real estate are headed towards uh, digital currency? Like they'll all be done through some crypto technology, some digital currency, whether it be in NFTs using that, you know, blockchain technology. Where, where do you see that? We're really at the infancy stage right now. I would say in less than 20 years, that could well be. Okay. Because we literally just talked to another person that was saying, and this person is in another um, uh, cloud-based brokerage, and they were saying they, they see in the next five years. Mm-hmm. It uh, the majority of transactions taking place over digital currency um, because I, it just I'm simplifies. Sure, I'm not sure that that will happen that fast, especially in this country, maybe yeah. in other countries around the world, but not with the US dollar. Um, I can't see that yet. But there are de- there's so much interest and it's coming at you at the speed of a train. Yeah. Uh, but yes, absolutely. There's it, there's a change. I mean, we're already putting our transactions on the blockchain. Yeah. Um, how many um, transactions are you guys doing on the blockchain? Like out of the 300 million that you did last year, how many were blockchain? I don't know the answer to that because I, I'm not got my finger on the pulse of all the sections sure. of the yeah. industry of, of our company, I should say, which sounds bad, but I am the CEO of three big divisions and we have a lot of international business going okay. on. And I can say that the international business is where this came from originally. Okay. Uh, and so we did a, the first transaction I did was about five or six years ago now. And that was between Greece and China. And the people in China couldn't get their money out of China. So they wanted to buy it with cryptocurrency. Gotcha. And the guy in Greece had warehouses and they were having problems and they're still having problems in the uh, currency and the banking system over there. He didn't want to be paid in currency because otherwise it would have to go into his bank. He wanted something outside of his country. 
And when cryptocurrency was bought in, he was like, okay, how does that work? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so he did the transaction not even really knowing oh, about crypto before. Found, wow. Uh, through my son-in-law, funnily enough, who's in the yachting industry. And where there's wealth, there's crypto, is what I can say. Um, <laughs> and it's changing. It's changing enormously. But back then, where there's wealth, there's crypto. And he works in the yachting industry as a captain. And I went to him and said, what do your people that do crypto, who do they use? What, how do they make these transactions? And he came up with the name of an attorney in the Cayman Islands, who I called. And we did the deal and he did the deal. And then I get a check that comes in in fiat, which is normal currency, uh, in dollars. And I paid my taxes on it. But I was terrified that I was doing something illegal because that was all the, the rumor at the time. And that's when I started asking around, what is cryptocurrency? What is the blockchain? And nobody could really talk to me other than in acronyms, which I didn't understand. <laughs> and... Uh, I had to finally found this course at MIT and decided, you know, if they'll take me, I'll do it. Um, I'm so happy that I did. That is why you're the CEO of a global company, because you're like, wait, I don't understand blockchain. Let me just go to MIT. Let me just go take a course at MIT. What a golden nugget there of just putting into action, you know, getting the knowledge that you need. I'm curious, right? Because the next question I wanted to ask you is what marketing strategy do you think is most neglected? by agents. And I'm really curious on your take because our show is all about, you know, how do you build a successful business within real estate? And so many people struggle generating clients. You're coming at this unique angle of, hey, we're helping people also with crypto, you know, transactions, stuff like that. When you look at your marketing, where do you think agents are failing with the marketing strategies? What are they neglecting the most? What do they need to focus on? Well, this one may floor you, but it's going back to being a kid. It's common courtesy. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not your typical marketing advice, but it should be. And it's not a calculated marketing ploy. It just works. You would be surprised by common courtesy and manners. Please, a thank you, a sorry, even if it's for something you didn't do. How an apology can make a difference to something mm. that wasn't your fault at all. But what's really, really stood out in my career in real estate has been writing notes, handwritten notes, not with automatic pens writing the notes. I've tried it. It failed terribly. Um, But actually handwritten notes, just about anything makes all the difference to this industry. Isn't that ridiculous? But it is the marketing ploy that nobody thinks about. That's so interesting. I love that. This just triggered the memory. You are on this show because you wrote a handwritten note to our content writer, Gabrielle. Yep. (laughs) She sent that picture of that note that you wrote to her and says, we have to have her on Real Estate Leaders. That is so awesome. But that's absolute proof. It's absolute proof. Real estate. Did she tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to do with real estate. Yeah. I think your note even said, oh, by the way, I'm a real estate broker. (laughs) No, I think I put my business card in. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, but it was a thank you. And, uh, and I had actually got some pee-pee pads for my little adopted dog. I saw And that. she was offering them for free. And I said, yes, please, me, me, put my hand up. Went and got them, met her very, very briefly, because it's COVID, we got our masks on and everything. And I sent her a letter just saying thank you and put my business card in. And she phoned and said, by the way, I'm thinking of signing. 
That is so (laughs) awesome. You know, what's interesting, right, is that uh, to take it kind of like business strategy wise, as you go common courtesy, writing a thank you note, if you really think about that strategically, I mean, think about like the Ritz-Carlton and you think about these great, great organizations and they focus, yeah, they focus so heavily on that, on the smile of talking to people by their first name and, and, you know, greeting them with this, you know, welcoming attitude and this common courtesy that you're talking about. It makes all the difference in the client experience, which causes people to want to go to the Ritz Carlton, which causes people to have a great experience, which causes them to refer their friends and family. And the business cycle continues and continues and continues. And it's almost a lost art today because people get so focused on the transaction instead of focusing on the client experience. And therein lies the difference. It's not all about money. It's about people. Mm. And it's it's about common courtesy. And it's building trust at the end of the day. People have to trust you. And if it starts with please thank you, you know, that's a good place to start off. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. Obviously, so many people like the real estate's notorious for failure rates in the first year. I think, the you know, obviously the majority of people fail within the first year. Then there's another staff for two years, another staff for five years. You sold your first house within a week and your second home a few days later. Why do you think so many agents are failing uh, today within a few years of starting their real estate career? I think people come into this with great expectations and they're let down pretty darn fast. Mm. Um, you know, real estate can feel like you're working every hour God sends. Gone is the nine to five corporate lifestyle, health insurance, weekends, weekends with the family, vacations, and even sit days for fear of missing out on business. FOMO. <laughs> it can be very discouraging. And if you don't have, like I have a, a very big, lengthy business background behind me, so it came naturally somewhat to me. You really don't have the tools necessary, very necessary to do business. And it's really hard to start. A lot of these big companies, they make more money out of training people and those people train and they still don't make money and they spend all this money and then they leave because it's so disheartening. Um, It's something that it's not just about picking up phones and talking to people. It's not about being at the end of the phone on the up desk back in the days when we did up desks and somebody calls in from Zillow or wherever, and you go, oh, okay, I've got a live one here. (laughs) There's there's so much more to it than that. There's the follow-up. And they say in this industry, the fortune's in the follow-up. Yep, That's a big part of it. But it's knowing how to structure a day. It's building systems. It's sticking with goals and being able to hit those goals and make new goals. It's not about the low hanging fruit that every brokerage tends to grab from their newbies 
which is the friends and family and neighbors. Yeah. And once they've gone through that SOI, which is known as sphere of influence, which is that friends, family and neighborhoods, they don't know how else to grow. And even though there's all this training, they're still having a struggling because they're not business people at the end of the day. And you have to have this structured business background, I believe, to be really successful. Now, I'm mm. sure there are plenty of people that aren't and don't. Uh, and some of them come to my company. And my goal is to, to teach and educate how to structure a day that you do things rote and it doesn't take away from the rest of your life. Mm. And you do have a life. <laughs> no, I think that's so good. We often uh, say that one of the biggest mistakes we see, because we have the privilege to work with tens of thousands of agents, is they don't treat it like a business. They, they treat it like a hobby. And what you're talking to is this idea of structuring your day and putting together a plan and working that pl plan with commitment. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You have to actually be intentional in what you're doing. So I think that's super powerful. What do you know now that you wish you knew before you became an agent? Uh, <laughs> do I start with this one? There's no loyalty anymore. Or real estate is a dog-eat-dog -dog business. Hmm. Sellers shout. Buyers are liars. These are all industry well-known sayings. I guess I wish I'd known not to go to one of the big brand brokers in the first place. The tendency is for new agents to go to the big brand names they're attracted by all the signage. They see people in the community that are doing well, in their opinion. Uh, their recruitment ads, interview techniques, et cetera, et cetera. But then I very quickly realized that 100% of nothing means nothing. And if you really don't know, how, I know if you can't pay to play in this business, you really don't stand a chance at the beginning. You have to have some savings behind you to actually get in be able to produce a website, get a decent set of photos, have a decent photographer if you get lucky enough to even get the chance to take a listing. So going to a smaller brokerage is what I think I would have liked to have done at the beginning. And I think I'd even be more successful than I am now. Mm. Wow, interesting. Well, speaking of success, the last question that uh, we have for you, two master's degrees, founder, CEO of a global company, top producing real estate agent. The list of accolades goes on and on. What do you attribute your success to? I do real estate differently. It's my company slogan, real estate done differently. Uh, and that's not trite. It's building a business built on culture, a culture of inclusion, ethics, and collaboration. It's about our clients coming first. And my goal from the start has always been to be remarkable to be remembered, and to stand out from the crowd by creating value. But it's, I'm passionate about this, you can probably tell. <laughs> it's a place where if our services, knowledge, and experience are valued, or we are being bullied or abused, we're free to walk away. I like to think that this is a place where agents learn from each other's experiences, they can collaborate and share and not compete against each other. We can go off and take a break. We can take care of ourselves and our families. We can leave our clients in the knowledge that they will be taken care of if we do. Mm. Our agents aren't jack of all trades or master of none. We have professionals on staff who are masters of their particular part of this equation. Therein lies the difference. 
it's difficult enough dealing with the stress of a real estate transaction. Either as the client or an agent, but we take it all on board. We take all that stress and emotion on board ourselves. Just knowing that we have a back office and we have a team behind us that makes sure all the I's of real estate are dotted and the T's are crossed helps everyone, both emotionally and psychologically. I love that. You know, I could sum that up as you know what you want, you know what you're trying to do, and you are passionate about it. Like that, when you look at really successful people, you go, man, they they know where they want to go. They know what they're trying to accomplish. And they're super passionate. They almost like I heard one person's call it obsessed. They're obsessed about what they're trying to do. And so I love that you can sense it in your passion. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes. I just want to say one thing. It's really about the people that I surround myself with. It's why we're very, very picky as to who we choose to represent my company. So to sum it up, it's the people around me, my staff, our clients, our agents, and their families who I have to thank for all this. Mm. And in turn, I thank them and you for inviting me to tell my story today. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Vanessa, so much for coming on. Before we close out, do you want to let people know how to connect with you or what the website of your brokerage is? Anything? Okay, well, you can look at me at bio.site forward slash global property systems. Awesome. Bio.site forward slash global property systems. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Vanessa, for being here. And thank you all so much for listening. We'll include a link to that as well at staypaidpodcast.com, along with the show notes uh, written by Gabriel, who made a little appearance in a story on this episode here today with a handwritten note. (laughs) And while you're there, you can also get the video of this episode. If you enjoy this episode and want to support the show, there's two ways we ask you to do that. First way is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is to tell a friend, tell a colleague about this episode. If you want to get hold of me or Luke directly, you can email us at podcast at ReminderMedia.com, or you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree. Here's my action item for you for this episode, and I think it's so, so powerful, is, look, when you think about Vanessa's story, right, she really does things differently is what she talked about, but how does she do things differently? Well, if you listened, you learned that, man, Vanessa was faced with these challenges of learning crypto, dealing with these crypto transactions, trying to figure out what to do. No one could help her. What did she do? She went to MIT, took a course on blockchain blockchain technology, learned that so she could bring that value to her clients and to her agents. So my action item to you today is what piece of information is keeping you from being remarkable? What is it that you need to learn and get out there and take that MIT course, whatever that might be. It might not be going to MIT. It might be actually just sitting down and reading the book that you need to read. But what is it that you need to do to be remarkable in your business and learn that piece of information? Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 